I want to pray for us. I feel like what God wants to release this morning is a fire for us to burn. And we're going to be going into some specific scriptures, actually, that we're going to be delving into the original Greek in a way that I really believe is going to fuel us and fill us. And so these are not the traditional verses that we look to with fire. And, and there's something so powerful. There's, there's, there are words, Greek words in here that are so packed and so powerful. And I'm really believing that as, you know, God's word is, Hebrews 4, 12 is, God's word is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit and joints and marrow and discerning the thoughts and intention of the, of the soul. And his word also does not come back to him empty, but it accomplishes all that he purposed it for. And so I'm really believing that even as I'm delivering the word, that both myself and all of us are going to be experiencing an encounter with God because the word of God is made to bring us into an encounter with the living God. It's living and active and it brings us into an encounter with his presence. So I'm really believing that God is already here and he's going to be moving to burn in our hearts and revitalize our souls and fill us with fire, fill us with revival, fill us with refreshment and burn away, to burn away the things that we need burned away and to fill us afresh and anew with the things that we need. And he knows far more than we do. So. Yeah, I want to just pray for us, and I want to welcome, I just want us to welcome him. Yeah, let's just take a moment and just welcome God with our hearts. Jesus, we just welcome you into this place. We thank you that you are already here. We are hungry and thirsty for you, and we want to burn more for you. Life can get so weary, and it can feel like we're getting taken out or exhausted or just kind of doing the same old, same old but when we need your help, you tell us to come to your throne of grace, to find mercy and grace to help in time of need. So God, we just thank you that we are always in need of you. We are always in need of more of you. You are the alpha and the omega. You are the living water. You are the refreshment to our soul. And we want you to be who our hearts burn for. We welcome you, and we want you to fill our bellies with a fire for you like we have never had before. So God, we thank you that you are already doing this work in us. We invite you, we invite you to burn within us. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are moving in this place and that you are having your way here.
In Jesus' name, amen. So yes, we are meant to burn. I have one of my favorite verses about burning is not a verse that we're gonna go over today, but you know, it's the disciples on the road to Aramaeus where the two are with Jesus. And after he leaves, they say to him, were not your hearts burning within you as he opened the scriptures to us? I love that because I feel like that, that to me is a lifestyle where I want my heart to always be burning within me. As he, as I get in his word and, and beyond that, it's beyond just the time with him where we're quiet, but it's out in the world where we're with him every moment burning for him. It's not isolated, it's always. Jesus was always with the Father doing what the Father was doing. There's such an intimacy. You know, if I picture my, our littlest one, Paxton and Casey, there, there's such an intimacy between Father and Son. You know, when, with Jesus' words, when he says that he only did what the Father was doing, that means that there was such a tight bond, such a oneness. And, and in my mind, I'll picture, you know, I'll picture Paxton with Casey. And when they're together, there's just this unity. And there's, it's like every moment is full of this communion between the two. And that's how, that's how Jesus lived. And that's how he wants us to live and to burn and to overflow, to spread those flames. So... Yes, these are some amazing verses. We actually really did some fun kind of nerding out into the Greek that we haven't done to that depth. And it's really, really amazing. So I'm gonna start us off in Romans 12, 11. And once again, I want to just posture our hearts in a way that as we are listening, as we are meditating on these verses and delving into what they mean, that the the Spirit of God, the Word of God is living and active and powerfully moving in us to accomplish these things. All right, so Romans 12, 11. Never flag in zeal. Be aglow with the Spirit. Serve the Lord. That's the RSV. And so never flag in zeal. That, and other translations are never lack in zeal. Be aglow with the spirits. That word aglow, that's, that's a really lovely, that's a very nice word, aglow with the spirit. Other translations also say fervent. And both kind of capture a picture of what that looks like. So let's look into what that word fervent means. So fervent is actually that word fervent or a glow. Be a glow with the spirit or be fervent with the spirit. That is actually the where we get the English word zeal from. That word, the root word there, the Greek root word is zeo, and it literally means to be on fire. Zeo means to become inflamed, like engulfed in flames. It also means to boil over. You know, when a fire is so great on water, it boils over. So it's this, it's like this image of igniting, 
of bursting into flames. So the literal word in this verse is on fire. Never flag in zeal, be on fire with the spirit, serve the Lord. And I wanna add that the translation of whether or not that is the Holy Spirit or our spirit is unclear. We did tons and tons of research into all of the semantics, but it, it really doesn't matter because we're meant to be on fire, both in the Holy Spirit, which is a given, and our spirits are meant to be on fire. What is also very interesting in that word zeo is that that word is the exact same word that is used in John 2, 17, when Jesus made a whip of cords and he turned over the tables of the money changers. And it says about him, it refers to the prophetic word where it says, and zeal for his father's house will consume him. So that word zeal is zeo. It's to be on fire. And so I love that because that's our example that what Jesus wants to impart to us is the fire that he had for his father's house that we are meant to carry as burning ones, one in the same, the heart that Jesus carried in the burning desire and fire for his father's house. That's his heart for us. And now we all might be feeling or thinking, I don't feel like that every day. I don't feel like I'm there yet all the time. That's why his throne is the throne of grace. And we are in process. And one thing that is so, so, so important is never to shut down the good work that God is doing and never to condemn ourselves with guilt or have nots or where we're not because that is exactly what the enemy wants to do to get us off his playing fields. He is the father of lies. He wants to lie to us. He wants to, to tell us how much we stink, how in, inactive we are, how much we're not doing this, we're not doing that, and we're not doing this, and that's how he gets us off the playing field so that he can rule and reign. And that's not happening. We're not gonna let him. So it's so important to keep our eyes on the fire that God is kindling in us so that we can tend to it and have it grow more. If we look at how the fire is not as big as we want and we look at other fires out there, then our fire will die. And that won't be good. And the devil will win and we're not gonna let that happen. So it's so important to live out of a place of praise and thanking God for what he's already doing. And if you feel like you've been doing an awful job or like it's been a really bad week, then thank him for his grace. Thank him that he's doing a new thing. Thank him that his blood covers all of our sins, that his blood makes us new, that we can always come to be made new, that there's always, a, that there's always new mercy and new grace every morning 
that there is no condemnation that we are meant to sit with. Because if we do that, then we're elevating the sin instead of the Savior. And he came to save us. So that's some perspective as we go over the fire. If, if any of us are feeling that little like, ooh, I'm kind of not there yet, what we're gonna, look, we're gonna view these verses through the lens of encouragement that God wants to give us more. More fire, more burning, more power, more presence, more wholeness, more deliverance. All right, so we did some really great uh, nerdy delving into the first part of that verse. So we have never flag in zeal, Romans 12, 11. Be on fire with the Spirit. I don't know why they didn't translate it like that because as we looked into the Greek, it is so obvious. <laughs> I mean, it's like there's no other definition for the word. Be on fire in the Spirit, in our spirit, or with the Spirit. And I'm gonna say both. It's both. So never flag in zeal. What is very interesting is that the word zeal is not even in that first part. <laughs> So maybe they just wanted to throw that in to kind of pull out the fullness of what the word aglow or fervent means, which is to be on fire and to be filled with zeal, you know, the zeo word. But never flag in zeal. That portion of the scripture very literally can be translated like this. This is, this is probably a better, this is probably, this is a very full and accurate translation do not be lazily lacking in diligent devotion. Be on fire in the spirit. So now what is also interesting is this is in the imperative. So it's a command and it's letting us know that there is a responsibility on our part. And that's also, you know, when we're talking about getting our own time with God, and not just isolating our time with God to that time that we spend with him, opening our Bibles and getting in prayer, that we're also throughout the day abiding in him, but there's also getting in fellowship, you know, that we've talked about where there's a, all of these things come under the heading, come under this theme of do not be lazily lacking in diligent devotion. These are those pieces of the recipe that God has laid out for us very clearly in the scripture so that we can burn. And if any of those things are missing, then we will not be living in the fullness and we will not be burning. And, you know, I regularly have a testimony in my life where there's just struggles. You know, there's struggles. We all are contending for more faith. There's difficult things that we go through on a regular basis. We all need more of God. We need God to transform our minds so that we can live in victory. Woo. I feel like this is like a little unsturdy, the stool. <laughs> Almost fell off. Sorry. We need God to transform our minds so that we can live in victory and in triumph. We always need more of him. And 
I have the, I feel like regularly in my life, there is the testimony that if it weren't for those that I have to confess where I'm really at with, to say, hey, this is where I'm struggling. This is what I need prayer for. If I don't do that, my life is not at a good place. It doesn't matter how close we are with God. That is one of the vital nutrients necessary for us being built up in God. So, you know, if we're even showing up to life groups, showing up to small groups, showing, you know, showing up to worship times, if we're not opening up our hearts and asking for prayer and confessing our weaknesses and our struggles, you know, like the James, the verse in James says, confess your sins to one another, confess where you're missing the mark. We're all missing the mark. We're not Jesus yet. We are being transformed from one degree of glory to another. So we confess where we miss the mark and we pray for one another so that we may heal, be healed. And there's an, impart, there's an impartation of the power of God that is such an important part of us being filled with his power, with his presence, with his fire, with his burning. You know, and, and I really want to encourage us to get vulnerable because if we don't reveal the places that need resurrection life, if then we won't experience resurrection life to the fullness. If we're isolated and alone and carrying all of those weights on our own, if we're too ashamed to, and we wanna hide those things, that's exactly what the devil wants because the degree of breakthrough that will pour through honesty with trusted believers and the, and the humble prayer that comes out of that the degree of breakthrough that will come casts the chains off of us and we are filled with the fire of God so that we can run this race filled with fire instead of filled with the weights that the devil wants to bind us with. So that is a literal regular, that is a regular testimony of my life that I would not be the same. It doesn't matter how long you've been walking with God if there's not that authentic vulnerability with trusted believers and prayer for one another and going to battle to one another, for one another and confiding in one another, then we're really missing out. Um, so that's a part of do not be lazily lacking in diligent devotion. Be on fire in the spirit. So good, right? Okay, there's another verse that is so good. It's excellent. And it is very, very similar. These are almost tandem verses. So I am going to read the, I think I'm going to read the ESV version. So this is 2 Timothy 1, verses 6 to 7. Let me set this over here. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. So what we see here is again, this fanning into flame, the gift of God. So what is actually really amazing here is that the literal translation, the words here, um, fan into flame, it's anazo pyreo. So pyreo, you know, like pyro, light it up. Anazo literally means to rekindle. 
a fire. So this is an image. This is, this is really amazing because this is about the anointing of God, the fire of God in our lives. Fan into flame the fire of God because it can dwindle and die. And the words here are a, 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 an exact description of how you keep a fire alive. If you ignore the fire and you don't stoke it and regularly make sure that it's burning and add wood to it, it will go out. So this is a reminder to us, this as well as in the imperative, right? This as well as in the imperative and it's a command to fan into flame, to rekindle, to stoke the fire, to add more wood, to follow those ingredients, to get vulnerable, to, you know, honestly, one of my favorite prayers is God change my heart, renew my mind, give me a hunger. It doesn't matter where I'm at today. It doesn't matter how little fire I feel like I have. He wants to transform our minds like Romans 12 talks about. He wants to give us a new heart. He wants to fill us with his flames. And that's one of my most favorite things. That's one of my most favorite parts of who God is for us. That we can, like children, thank him for his fire and for his power burning in us. And we don't need to feel even the tiniest little bit of condemnation if we're not feeling it. We can say, thank you, Daddy God, that you are lighting me up. And even as we speak, I also want to encourage us to speak words out loud, especially when you need breakthrough. When you feel down and kind of like you just have these waves that are just crashing over your head, you feel knocked down, or you just don't feel filled with fire, you don't feel filled with life, I want it, one of the greatest tools that I use, there is so much power in speaking words verbally out loud. And I will just start speaking things out loud. You know, I will start just saying, thank you, God, that you are doing this. Thank you, God, that you are filling this situation. Thank you, God, that I can trust you. Thank you, God, that your presence is, you know, breaking through whatever, whatever it is that I need to hear. So I wanna throw that out there as, a, as part of the recipe that when we feel like our lives need to be filled with flame, that we use the tool of kindling the fire, of speaking out his words, speaking out his speaking out declarations from his heart, whether it's scripture, whether it's prophetic words that he's spoken over your life, speak those things out and they bring his fire. They are living and active and you will watch where the enemy had had you feeling incarcerated or chained up, as you speak those things out, you will see the very fire of God as it releases from your innermost being and comes out of your mouth, you will see it burn those things up. Thanks, babe. <laughs> so the other part of this verse that I really love is that there is also the focus on the power from the Spirit to enable us. 
For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God. Keep building the fire. Be diligent to stoke the flames. Be diligent to add more wood. Get in fellowship. Get in your time with God. Don't let the flame die. You know, a lot of times, especially, we have this idea of um, God's sovereignty, which he is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the beginning of the end. Casey did a fabulous sermon on God's sovereignty a while back that was really getting into the trueness of what it means. And there's this idea that, you know, oh, well, you know, God spoke these promises over me. I'm really not burning. And it's kind of like I thought God was going to follow through. And what I love is it's a partnership. He doesn't force us to do anything. If Jesus were to say, God, you know, you got this. I'm going to go do my own thing. We wouldn't have seen heaven break in and transform earth. We have a part because he desires relationship. Like Khalid's beautiful message, which is so much the fire of all of our hearts, you know, in this church, in this family. The root, the heart is intimacy. It's all about being with him and he enables us. But I love this part for God. I'm gonna read it one more time. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Keep in mind that self-control part and that discipline portion as we go into the next verse. All right, so this is Proverbs 29, 18. And there are, one of the most popular translations of this verse is completely inaccurate. <laughs> what's, the, what's the new King James Version again? Without... Yeah, where there is no vision, people perish. That is completely inaccurate. That is not what the scripture is saying. What it is saying is beautiful and wonderful. So the accurate, the most accurate translation, or one of the accurate translations is ESV. Where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint. That word is not just vision like a good idea. It's not just a game plan that we come up with. It's not just some idea in the natural realm of worldly wisdom or something that we can muster up on our own. That word was used about a prophet getting a word from God, getting a living, active word from God. So what we see is that the prophetic vision is so key to our life. And this next part, without prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint. So that word is, oh, actually, I'll tell you the word for vision. It's hazon or hazan? Hazon. I just like to know the words because it's fun. <laughs> so that word for prophetic vision is hazon. And again, it's not just a plain everyday vision. This is a prophetic vision, a fire from God, a, a vision, a word from the heart of God to you. Now, the next part, where there is no vision, the people cast off restraint. Cast off restraint. So the vision is like if you picture yourself um, 
shooting a target, you know, if you've got a bow and an arrow and you're on a field and then you've got the, you know, the bullseye, the, what's the name of that? Bullseye, <laughs> right in front of you. You've got your eye on that prophetic vision. That's where you're going. You've got your eyes on Jesus and abiding in him, but also stewarding well the prophetic vision. Mary treasured and pondered these things in her heart, it says. And there are things that God, there are words and prophetic visions that God gives to us, and we are meant to steward them. We are meant to speak them over our lives. We are meant to take his word that is living and active and speak it out and stand in agreement and in faith and partner with him until that baby is birthed. And if we don't, we ain't gonna see a baby. We have a part and a role to play and a joyful part. We get to be children. It's not on our shoulders. We get to be his children. We get to hold his hand. But this verse is a part of the recipe of burning, is stewarding well the prophetic vision that he gives us. Stewarding our big yes. Not only our personal, not only is it all about our personal relational intimacy with him, but we have to treasure and ponder and declare and partner with the prophetic vision that he gives us if we want to see his kingdom birthed in our lives in the way that he has promised. The next part, without prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint. Casting off restraint, that's basically, we're looking at that target, we're shooting at that target, we're restraining ourselves in a healthy way and not going off wildly and doing other things. That, that cast off restraint, it literally means to loose, to free from restraint, to run wild, to go out of control. So there is a, you can almost picture yourself with the prophetic vision, you have a fire when you remind yourself of that, when you root yourself in that, when you ground yourself in him and in the prophetic vision, you have eyes for what he wants you to have eyes for. And that creates a restraint so that you are lined up with his will. You are saying no to all of these other things that want our attention, that want us to move our gaze, that want us to cast off restraint so we're just kind of haphazardly running through life doing whatever. But I love it because the cast, people cast off restraint without prophetic vision, that is an image of discipline. That is discipline, that is self-control that the second Timothy one verse was talking about. But what's the fuel for the discipline and the self-control? The discipline and self-control is always saying no to something, right? But the fuel is the big yes. It's the burning with the prophetic vision, keeping it before us like Joshua one talks about. Let it be our meditation day and night. Both his word, his scriptures, as well as prophetic words, which may very well be scriptures as well. Prophetic words of prophetic vision that he wants to pour out over our lives.
feel like I'm supposed to end there. There, was, there were other parts of the message. I feel like God wants to light us up. I feel like God wants to light us up with fresh fire, with fresh prophetic vision, and I wanna just pray a prayer over us to be filled anew. All right? Yeah. Yeah. God, we just thank you that you enable us by your fire. And God, we welcome you. Just welcome God with your heart right now. God, we just welcome you. We thank you, God. We need you. We are so desperate for you. As much as we know you, as much as I love you, I feel like I get tossed to and fro by difficulties of life, by by just hard things going on. And God, we need you. We need you all the more. We need you more and more. So God, we invite you right now in the name of Jesus to instill in every heart here and in everyone listening and in every member of this church family, even if they're not here or listening, in Jesus' name, we thank you for instilling prophetic vision, for impregnating us with a mighty move of God. I feel like there is a move, that there is a call on each of our lives that comes out of our intimacy with him in that secret place as our eyes are on his eyes and our heart is, in, is on his heart and we get before him daily and we get filled with his presence in that love relationship with him where nothing else matters but him, that there is a, an, I feel like there's an installation that God wants to do for each of us of his divine nature where each of us are meant to carry his glory and his torch to this world unlike anyone else. We are each created uniquely in the image of God. And God, I thank you that you are depositing that, that you are fanning it into flame, that you are depositing a new, a new work, a new fire, that you are rekindling that you are rekindling old things that you have deposited that have waned off and died. I command the enemy to go in the name of Jesus. I command the enemy to release and be gone and be done. And we speak that the blood of Jesus is more powerful than any restraining power of the devil and by his stripes, and by his blood, we are free. It doesn't matter how long we feel that something has held on to us right now. There is breakthrough in the room. There is breakthrough by his blood. We are moving up in authority, in power, in strength, in vigor, in fierceness. We are being filled with the tender power and love and mercy of our good and faithful Father. He is a good father. We don't need to do this on our own strength. In fact, it's impossible on our own strength. So help us, Jesus, to somehow walk the dance of being a child with you, of being diligent, of never lazily lacking in devotion, but being completely dependent upon you as we take those steps of obedience and faith daily. And we thank you, God, that that 
those steps of beautiful obedience and faith are a sacrifice of worship to you. <laughs> and fire falls on sacrifice. Thank you for burning in us and through us. In Jesus' name, amen. Dance a new dance like David